The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. (coughs) Now when these things begin to take place, stand up, raise your hands, your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly. Like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Join me in a word of prayer. Lord God, you created the heavens and the earth, and though they may pass away, you and your word stands eternal. Grant us peace, grant us hope by your word, dear God, the word that you've given us this morning, that we may be nourished by its power, comforted by its embrace, convicted by its truth, and strengthened by the one who lives and breathes in it. All these things we ask and pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. As I've mentioned Before, both here during worship and throughout our Bible studies throughout this past fall, the entire span of our scriptures revealed to us both the promises of God and the plan that He has to fulfill those promises. From Genesis on down through the writings of the prophets, throughout the entire Old Testament, and from the four Gospels through the letters of Paul, the history of the church, into John's revelation we see and we find over and over again that God is very present and very active in the lives of the people of Israel throughout all of creation. We read in many places that God is preparing a day, a day where His kingdom will be made visible. Visible, tangible, and a highly influential place, presence in this world. On that day, that day to come, 
The cups of those who dine will run over, lions will lie down with lambs, swords will be beaten into plowshares, storehouses will be filled with grain, and long-hated enemies will become friends and neighbors. And those promises made to the house of Israel and Judah were to be preceded by signs, signs that would indicate that this day, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's fulfilled promises, is near. Jesus said there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. When we hear about these things, our minds automatically leap to thinking about the end days, the apocalypse, the end of the world, those documentaries that pop up on the Discovery or the History Channel from time to time. Stars align, nations wage war with one another, global climate change, a constant state of fear and panic consume all people, famine, plague, drought, floods, shootings, disease. We turn on the news or we pick up a newspaper and it sounds like that day is soon upon us. Countries are on the brink of war, terrorism causes panic and widespread concern about our safety. Science and science fiction alike have constantly toyed with the idea of some mass cataclysm involving our global climate change, anomalies in tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, hotter summers, colder winters, threatening crops and other aspects of life, the things of this world turning on their head and destroying all of us. And many have tried to the best of their ability with scientific reasoning, excessive use of number crunching, filing through prophecies from Nostradamus on through the biblical text and wherever they can find them in the stars or in tea leaves, by any great number of means, to determine when this great end will be. And throughout time, many have speculated that they are indeed very close. How many of you were watching around and waiting anxiously on December the 21st, 2012 when the Mayan calendar supposedly ended showing a prophecy that the Mayans from 4,000 years ago decided that this is when the world is going to end. And here we are a month shy of three years later or back in the 80s when the mathematician predicted that the world was going to end on like May the 7th and then May the 8th came and he went back to his numbers and oh no it's October the 13th and then the 14th of October came and we didn't hear from him for a while technology's changed in that time that's for sure but the warfare Attempted mass extermination of whole civilizations, threats of natural disaster, the human condition of worrying, 
and seeking hints or glimpses of anything that would indicate the end of time, our pursuit to know when that last day will be have remained constant. Scientists and people who try as hard as they might to predict the end times and plant themselves firmly on the notion that they're very close to something are somewhat right. The end of this world as we know it is closer today than it was yesterday. And tomorrow will be closer than today. We're even closer now than we were at the beginning of this sermon. But we'll be farther away by the time it ends. But if we look back, back through the stories of Moses leading the people of Israel through a barren wasteland, surely believing that the end of their struggle was near, we see that they too lived at the brink of the end times. The end of a former time where they were forced to live in slavery and captivity and the beginning of a time where they will live in a land of promise. We look at Joshua and the judges of Israel, Gideon, Samson, Deborah, others. And we see how their settlement of the promised land was one where they were at war with foreign nations and the rumors of war constantly filled the atmosphere. We see that they too lived at the brink of the end times the transition period from one world into the next? Or what about King David and his descendants who fought to keep the kingdom of Israel and Judah secured from warring empires who endured famine and plague and natural disaster throughout the land and who ultimately were stripped of their kingdom, forced to live in exile only to return 70 years later, forced to rebuild their destroyed city, Jerusalem, the destroyed temple of God? And we see that 500 years removed from David, these people lived at the brink of the end times, a period of time where all that was left was hope. Hope for God's provision. Hope for God's guidance. Hope for a Savior. And isn't that what this first Sunday in Advent is about? Each of these candles represent a theme, a message. Today, our message is a message of hope. Hope that the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promises I have made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in this land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety, and this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. These catastrophes we see, the warring nations and the stars that align aren't the cataclysmic end that we think of. They're signs that point to the end. Much like Jesus' parable of the fig tree, they point to something different, something more, something greater than the destruction that they herald. No, they point to God. They point to Jesus. And here we find 
in realizing that, that Jesus' words are true. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Did not a star align to guide the Magi as they journeyed to find the one who was to be born King of the Jews? And throughout Jesus' life and ministry, were not there wars and rumors of wars? The constant threat of the Roman occupation turning against the Jewish population out of fear. Heaven and earth shook as our Lord and our Savior died on a cross. Heaven and earth now stand shaken because in the coming of Jesus, that day of the Lord has truly come. Jesus' entire life is one that brings justice and righteousness to all people. His entire mission is one that brings Israel and Judah to safety and security in God and invites each and every one of us to live a life on the edge of two worlds. A life of service to the sick and the sparing and a life where we know that the sick are healed and every tear is wiped away from every eye. We marvel at this mystery, how we can live on the brink of two worlds. We marvel at the mystery of how the day of the Lord has come when a babe lies born in a manger and how the day of the Lord will come when Jesus Christ returns to raise up the dead and brings all of creation before his throne. We marvel at this mystery and we wait because we're closer now than we've ever been to the day of the Lord when the promises he's made will be fulfilled and because we live in a world where Jesus is already here among us, living, walking, raised, Emmanuel, God with us. Much like Israel waited for the Savior who God would send to deliver them from captivity and like husband and wife long for the arrival of a newborn child, we wait. We wait in hope for the coming of Jesus, both as we look to remember and celebrate his birth next month and as we faithfully and prayerfully await his second coming, a time yet to be disclosed where he will draw all things unto himself and destroy once and for all the powers of sin and death. This and every Advent season is one of expectation and celebrating the coming arrival of our newborn king and waiting for his return. And we rejoice. We rejoice because Jesus is with us here and now strengthening us in worship by his body and his blood calling us to be washed and cleaned every day as we remember the promises that he, that he has made and that he has fulfilled to us in baptism. This Advent and every day, remember that the day of the Lord is upon us. Our Christ is coming. Amen.